Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Only Alchemy podcast. Today's episode, I'm talking to two girls in particular that I followed really from like the beginning of when I had TikTok back in 2020, I believe. So I've been following them for quite a while and I've learned a lot from them. And so I just knew that it was so important to have them on this podcast and to talk to them. So if you haven't guessed who it is already, <laughs> I'm talking to Jill and Jenna, the Gut Talk Girls. Um, and this episode honestly was a dream. I was so excited because Jill, Jenna and I have very similar stories about our gut health journeys and it was just nice to relate and um, we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about uh, the American medical system, the difference between functional medicine and like just going to your primary care doctor or even your gastroenterologist, um, ingredients to avoid in food, um, the root cause of your symptoms, like, you know, how much leads back to your gut and why it's so important for us to take inventory of our gut health on a regular basis. Um, we talk about healthy marketing terms. Oh my gosh, this is a big one. Don't fall for it. Basically, what to look out for and what to, you know, be aware of so that you're not just falling for a green label that looks healthy. Uh, we talk about stress, unresolved trauma on the gut, how that makes a huge difference on your gut health. Honestly, we talk a lot about everything. And this is a little bit of a longer episode than usual because I could have talked to these two for <laughs> so long. We actually kept talking after the call after we finished the call, we just kept talking, um, which was hilarious. But yes, genuinely one of my favorite episodes. And I think you guys are going to learn a lot. So enjoy. And also just another reminder to please write a review for me, because that really means the world when you guys give me feedback. I love reading your DMs when you send them to me saying that, you know, a specific episode or um, something that I said resonated. That always means a lot to me. Um, but what would really help the podcast, not just me selfishly loving your DMs, but what would help the podcast is your reviews because... I have so many exciting guests coming up. Some of them I'm still like pinching myself that they're coming on the show. Um, and you have definitely heard of them for sure. So the more you guys support, the more of those guests that I can have on. You guys, when I think about the fact that I used to get in my car um, and drive to therapy as a depressed and anxious girl... I honestly cannot believe it. Like the irony that people who suffer from depression have to will themselves to get out of bed and then battle with parking and traffic and waiting rooms only to talk to their therapist for an hour. 
not to mention the emotional roller coaster of health insurance. Um, I'm over it. Why don't we make mental health easier and more accessible? Well, there is someone who does that, and that's BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. So to get started, just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. Um, and you can always switch therapists. If you don't feel like your therapist is a match, that's okay. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. I can't tell you how easy this is. To get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, go to betterhelp.com forward slash only alchemy. That's better com slash only alchemy. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I'm sure you guys have all seen Jen and Jill on TikTok and Instagram. They're the gut talk girls. Um, they talk all about gut health, women's health, living a healthy lifestyle. And I, we were just talking about how persistent I was to get them on the podcast because <laughs> I love them so much. Um, so I'm super glad that you guys made it. And I'm so excited to talk to you guys today. Um, can you tell us a little bit how you started Gut Talk? Because it's just blown up so much. Yeah, so our voices sound really similar, but I'm Jill, just so you can hear my voice. <laughs> it was so funny. I think the other day on a podcast, as a quick note, someone commented and was like, oh my gosh, I had your voices and personality switched up until now. So we're like, shoot, we probably should be doing a better job of this. So. Yeah, and that's Jenna. Right. Uh, our grandparents and parents confuse our voices, so it's okay if you do. But right. um, we started having gut issues as kids as early as we can really remember. We had both had chronic ear infections when we were young, which we now know can create a lot of gut health issues. But at the time we were a relatively healthy family growing up. We didn't have soda in the house or anything like that, but we weren't doing anything special by any means. And in high school, I started having IBS. Jenna and I have very different health journeys, which kind of helps us because we can approach more people but for me, in high school, I started having IBS, obviously really embarrassing for a 14-year-old girl to constantly have to run to the restroom. But then in college, it got a lot worse. I started not being able to break down animal fats, primarily um, like red meat and salmon and things of that nature, coconut. And I started throwing up all the time. And so I went to a world-renowned gastroenterologist. And when I tell you, they were like, there is nothing wrong we're going to put you on antidepressants to slow down the signal from your brain to your gut. And I wasn't depressed. So obviously taking those created a lot of issues for me just to add on because it didn't fix anything. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting really bad acne, that painful, like almost like itchy acne mm -hmm. on the sides of my face and my chin and my lips. And I wasn't sleeping well and I had insane anxiety and I was still vomiting and I had migraines and it was like, this is miserable. And it wasn't until 2019, I think, that we finally found this woman named Terry Cochran and she did muscle testing on me. And she mm. figured out 
all of these gut issues that I was having and why I wasn't absorbing the fats. And like, she was like, oh yeah, of course. And created this very specialized plan for me where it was a very restrictive diet for only a, a certain period of time. And with supplementation, she continued to add things back in. And within two weeks, my acne was gone. I hadn't vomited once. I was sleeping better than I ever had. My anxiety was definitely reduced by a ton, like that physical chest tightening anxiety. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, how how was that such a relatively easy fix? And I was struggling for years vomiting on a weekly basis. So that's my side, Jen, if you want to kind of give your background. Yeah, Jill mentioned the chronic ear infection. So we were doused, I like to use that word, with antibiotics as kids, which really we figured out now disrupted our gut microbiome, right? Like we started off, I like to say, in life with just like a little bit less of that good gut bacteria and that really that good gut health that everyone needs to flourish. And so it almost was like these compounding things. And then all of a sudden, like we like to think of it as a bucket, right? Like our bucket started to be overflowed as we got older. So once I reached college, I had always had gut issues here and there, sporadically went, you know, gluten-free in high school. But college is really what did it to me when I was drinking god knows how much alcohol you know you know college like you you go crazy you don't sleep a lot you're up late studying because you're cramming you're not eating the best at least that wasn't me and it caught up to me i mean my anxiety was horrible mind you i had been on antidepressants anti-anxiety meds for a very long time i've always had anxiety um and but then my bloating started to get really bad, especially at the end of college. Um, I was constipated. My stomach was sticking out. It felt like a rock. If you were to touch it, it wasn't squishy. Oh, it was, it it was, was rock solid. It was rock solid. And, you know, I got to the point of what what's happening, right? Like, this is not right. So it wasn't until Jill sought out Terry that I was like, okay, she's doing so amazing it's it's my time to shine. So I also went to Terry. She completely 180 my health. And that's what set us off on this journey of, oh my gosh, fix your gut and fix your life, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So bottom line, we love Terry. Terry's, <laughs> Terry's a queen. Shout out to Terry. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the thing about it was that we didn't know that was out there. Mm -hmm. We didn't know yeah. that there were fixes. The gastroenterologist I saw was like, yeah, sorry, IBS doesn't have a cure, which we now know IBS is this blanketed term for basically when you have gut issues and they don't really know what's going on. Yeah. And so for us, it was such a lightning, not a lightning, a light bulb <laughs> moment for us where we were like, oh my God, there's a whole other world of health that we don't even really know existed. Yeah. Muscle testing is insane. And I have done a lot of different types of, um, there's different types of muscle testing, like the modalities, mm -hmm. but it is so incredible what you can learn from what your body tells you. And it's like, how would I have known that? But it makes so much sense when it's like, this is what's going on with you, you know? Oh yeah. I, I'm not a big believer in anything you have to prove to me before Jenna. I always say Jenna's about five steps ahead of me. 
she started meditating and I was like, yeah, okay. And then obviously it came around and was like, oh, I totally understand and like took a six month meditation course. So it takes you a while <laughs> mm-hmm. to come around to things, but I was so desperate at the time that I'm like, sure. Well, I, I think our cousin is the, is who recommended Terry to us. Yeah. And when I got in there and she started doing these things to me, like your arm basically like flies down when she presses mm-hmm. on it. If you're having an issue with that certain vial, which can be like a food or like a plant or anything like that. And as my arm is just flopping down over and over again, I'm like, I wouldn't believe this. If you paid me $5,000, like I would only believe this because it's physically happening to me. And so now when I explain it to people, I'm like, it's okay if you don't believe me, because right. I don't know if I would believe me either, but it works. It's yeah. so crazy. It really does. And I'm the same. I'm like a see it to believe it type person. And um, I also was doused in antibiotics as a Mm. kid too. So I have so many gut problems and I've gone through so much with my gut. And um, yeah, but from a very young age, I, I don't blame my parents because that's like what the doctor was telling them to do. But I was also like constantly sick with sinus stuff or um, sore throats. Like that was my issue. And that's always treated with like antibiotics. And then um, I ended up getting a parasite. Mm. Oh, I don't know where I got it. I think I got it overseas because it kind of just correlated with what that was. But before I realized that I had the parasite, I was also told that I had IBS. So the doctors were just like, you just have IBS. That's just how you're going to live your life. And I was like, I just don't want to believe that. Like, you just, you you don't want to take that. Like, you're thinking there's got to be another way. Yeah. And it took a year, I think, from like when I contracted it to like when I was like diagnosed with, I had two parasites but yeah and so then I went to the gastroenterologist and that even took a a whole different turn as well because you don't know any different like of course that's what you're gonna do and so I went there and then of course more antibiotics on top of that to get rid of that and then you're just left with like literally nothing in there anymore you know so it's it's wild to me that's like such a common journey It is. And when we started to share our journey, we realized how many people had the same story. Like what you just said, yours is eerily similar to ours. And I think that's kind of the reality is that you go to doctors for something small and it ends up becoming this biggest, bigger issue because, and I'm going to side note this. I always feel the need to say this. It doesn't mean I'm discounting them. It's the fact that the way that they were taught is a pill for a pain, right? They're taught you have an ear infection. I need to give you antibiotics. When yeah. they're they're they've now come out and said there's other way to treat adolescent or you know infant ear infections rather than just giving the kid antibiotics. So it's hard because we're battling with like we trust doctors, right? But those people that we trust are the ones that are giving us these things that are down the road causing more issues, like giving us antibiotics. So. It's so common. Like it, it, the amount of messages, DMs we constantly get of people just being like, this, this, and this is my story. And it's always starting with, you know, 
I took an antibiotic or I went to the doctor and he told me I had IBS and there's nothing we can do about it. That's where we asked the question that you asked yourself was, isn't there more that can be done? Yeah. And I find it interesting. I think IBS gets talked about the most or like handled the most because it won't be normalized. Like explosive, sorry for your listeners, Jen and I are always TMI. Explosive, <laughs> no, 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 I love it. <laughs> okay, like explosive diarrhea is just not a way to function. Like, right. I think us IBSers are like more dead set on fixing our problems <laughs> because I can't tell you how many people I know that are like, oh yeah, I haven't pooped in three days. And I'm like, what? Right. Like, are you kidding me? But it's almost like those issues are accepted a little bit more. And I think in today's world, we live in such a sick world that has been normalized, right? Yeah. Like so many inflama- inflammation type issues are normalized when you think of joint issues and muscle inflammation and things like that. No one thinks gut, yeah. right? Like our dad was having tons of pain in his hands. He golfs every day. And in his fingers, he was having trouble gripping a golf club. He fixed his gut health, no more pain. But who would think like that, right? It's like we have to completely adjust the way we think about health and what's actually normal and what's been normalized by society. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And if you guys can hear that, my dog decides to be very vocal oh, we love just, that just dogs like on podcasts are the best. yeah our dogs at, actually he's at dog school for two weeks oh. um, so that's the only reason why you don't hear him in ours he's interrupted more podcasts than he has it so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No so true that is so funny yeah i have two dogs and if i put them outside the room they'll cry if i have them inside the room they'll make noise so i'm just like whatever it just it, you guys just have to live with it. And, um, yeah, but what you were saying about the fact that everything goes back to the gut, can we kind of list some symptoms that are really commonly gut issues that people might be able to identify with? Yeah. So Jill went on and said, you know, obviously the joint pain, that's kind of one that you probably wouldn't know, but the gut is also known as the mother of the body. So the digestive system is really connected to every other part of our body. So yes, our mental health, right? It's connected to, you know, all the symptoms of bloating, constipation, everything that you would think is connected to, you know, stomach pain, right? Um, It's connected to, you know, our mood, right? Like if it, the brain, the brain gut connection, they're so intimately connected. Um, brain fog. Brain fog, yeah. right. Um, skin issues, right? Things like, um, or, or food sensitivities. That's a leaky gut problem. Almost, it, it almost sounds like there's no way, but the reality is it's the case that all of these small other issues that you may be having can absolutely get down to gut issues. Also, your hormone health, right? If we're not excreting the excess hormones, the excess estrogen through our poop, you're going to have a buildup of of estrogen. So Mm -hmm. hormone issues. I always say... say that again. Yeah, so we have a hormone estrogen, right? And the goal is we all need a certain amount of it, but... If we are not pooping regularly, so not one to three times a day, 
that estrogen actually doesn't get to go excreted through your stool and obviously outside of your body, it sticks around. So then we have that imbalance because then we have too much, too much estrogen. So you often see hormone health is such a big, big topic these days. I always like to remind people, fix your gut and then you can address your hormones. Cause a lot of times hormones are actually a gut issue. Yes. There's other reasons why, but always, always start with your gut. I wish you could have seen my bathroom before I went to Terry. I had every peel, acne cream. Mm -hmm. I spent, I don't even know, far over $1,000 on every sort of Sephora product you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Nothing helped. I fixed my gut and my acne went away for two weeks, but we're told that like the topical things and the formulas are what's going to fix things. And it's just not the case. I think two other ones that you didn't touch on is energy Mm -hmm. and your sleep. Yeah. So if you're not falling asleep and I, I don't know if you've ever listened to the Huberman lab podcast, I think he's kind of brought sleep the attention it deserves as far as the importance for health in our bodies. But your gut can affect that and obviously your energy levels is too. It's like you don't realize you're living in this kind of cloud until you get out of it. Oh yeah. So much of what you said, there's just so much truth and like there's little nuggets in there. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I, okay. So one thing about skin, I totally empathize with you on skin on all of what you said. I've gone through so many skin problems as well from really bad acne to eczema, dermatitis, rosacea, all of those. And I went to a dermatologist recently because I was like, okay, I'm going to do two things at the same time. Like I know what I have to do internally, but like I need something else as well for the external. And I was fascinated by like the, like the first uh inventory of symptoms when they ask you like okay what's going on la 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 la. you tell them and then there's no talk about anything internal with like the dermatologist it's all external and i was sitting there and i was like i'm obviously not going to waste my breath here because that's not really going to help anything but i was kind of fascinated in that way of like everything is topical that they're suggesting okay yeah maybe spirulactone is like oral that you can take but i'm also like that's not really solving a problem either it's just masking the symptoms and so i remember leaving and i was like okay i'll give this like topical a go and i was like i don't know six weeks in i was like this isn't doing anything so i just stopped taking it yeah i i think that in an ideal world we'd have a lot more doctors who have that dual approach right maybe in the short term you use a cream or something to get it away And then, but at the same time, you're actively fixing the root cause issue. So it doesn't come back. Cause if I get strep throat, I'm not gonna, I always joke, like I'm not going to make an herbal tea and pray, right? Like I want it gone, but I actually had to have my tonsils removed when I was 21 because I had chronic strep throat. Like my friends in college never knew me healthy in any sort of way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wish that we could have identified some of the issues as to why my immunity was so low while also curing me short term because I didn't want to wait around and 
have my body heal itself. So I think ideally we'd have doctors that take both approaches, right? And knowing when to utilize root cause versus we just got to get this out of your system now and then we'll look into it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wish there was, Jenna knows, I can't tell you how many battles I've had with doctors. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think, I think because all of ours, and when I say ours, I mean like your podcast, our podcasts, all the people really trying to work hard to bring this holistic, functional medicine approach. I think people are starting to wake up to it, right? I mean, I've seen doctors who have gone back to school and done a couple programs to get more of a nutrition degree, right? Or those who are getting the, okay, functional lab testing certifications, really recognizing how to understand that. So Jill's wish, I do believe, is coming true a little bit because I think we're seeing it to be more mainstream. People are waking up to it thanks to social media. I really attribute it to that Mm -hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, yes, we want that all-encompassing approach. We recognize that there's times where you do need to, um, you know, take that pill or take that topical cream, but also what I like to say when you're talking about spirilactone or Accutane I was having a good conversation with this doctor um, one day, just randomly, who, (laughs) typical, no, it's kidding, (laughs) um, who told me, she goes, acne is not a lack of spirulactone or Accutane. Like, you're not missing that in your body to where you need to take that to, like, replenish, right? That was kind of her way to explain it. She goes, acne is a issue that is way deeper than that, right? It's like, what is going on in your gut? What's going on in your gut microbiome? Do you have leaky gut? Are there things that are causing this, you know, your skin to react to said other issues that are happening, not the fact that you then need to go. And, and if we're going to go into this and I just, I think we should spirilactone, thank you. Spirilactone and Accutane actually cause other issues. It's no wonder that people have to get their, I believe it's blood tested really often when they have Accutane. And and again, prefacing, if you're on this or you've taken it, you can, there are ways to support your body, like supporting your liver health. Um, So don't fret just because I'm saying this, but it, it needs to be said that a lot of these things can also do more harm um, than good often. You often oh, see yeah. people with spirulactone or Accutane, it comes back too, right? Mm-hmm. So get to the root. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah, I'm really glad that you said that because Accutane is really uh, prescribed, I think, way too easily. Yeah. Um, I have a number of friends who have been on it. One developed um, Crohn's disease later on in life that's linked oh, no. to Accutane use. Um, and I remember you just kind of like sparked a memory that I had. I remember when I was younger, I think I was maybe, I would have been, I think maybe 20 years old or something just turned in my twenties, kind of like teen to twenties. And I was on birth control, an antidepressant. And then I went to go to see a dermatologist to try and get my acne fixed. And then they prescribed me Accutane and I was like, what am I doing? Like I went to the pharmacy to, to like fill it. I filled it and I never took it. Cause I was like, mm. this is too much. Like this is too many prescriptions. And I'm like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a reason for 
why this is happening. So then I went off birth control because of the acne. It was like this like whack-a-mole of like symptoms. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think that there's just so many other ways that people can be targeting these things that I just wish that there was like almost like a WebMD, but like for every modality do you know what i mean like where you could mm-hmm. just type it in and be like these are all your options from like western eastern holistic functional whatever it might be um and i also think it's important to differentiate between what functional medicine is um like naturopathic medicine and then like western can you give us like the difference so that people like know what we're talking about yeah of course so oftentimes i think people so western versus eastern right western is more of like what we see in this modern day era of what we're all dealing with when we were younger or when we were you know as of right now and it's it's conventional medicine it's you know doctors go people go to study medicine where they do a lot of um you know studies and research and quite often it comes down to what can i prescribe pills right for this ailment okay they have acne or they have hormone issues let me prescribe them birth control right Mm -hmm. so it's a very it's a let me look at what you have but i'm going to probably prescribe a pill maybe say you know you should we've always many of us have heard the term like or heard the phrase you should probably lose some weight that's going to help right which obviously sometimes it does but it's it's a pill for the pain but more of the eastern holistic medicine is or functional is looking at your body as a whole right mm-hmm. looking at is what you're dealing with a deeper rooted issue and 10 out of 10 times it always is right you're not just yes you can be born with a bad gut because you can get it passed down through your mom's microbiome but Mm -hmm. there's always because something deeper is happening so say like gut issues one of the huge reason why people are experiencing gut issues is because of stress right stress does a lot of things to a lot of you know parts of our body but especially the digestive system so instead of saying oh you have this gut issue let me prescribe you let's say constipation i'll give a better example okay you have constipation i'm your doctor i'm gonna prescribe you or tell you to go out and buy miralax right yep. it's fiber that basically just helps you go poop that's gonna be that western medicine approach eastern medicine would be saying what is going on deeper in your body stress you're you're lacking a certain mineral or nutrient um you're not eating enough fiber those are all probably what's causing your constipation because it's asking the why behind what's happening Oftentimes in the conventional medicine aspect, they're not necessarily asking why it's happening. They're saying, take this, this should help you. Mm -hmm. We had Dr. Bill Rawls on our podcast and he was an OBGYN for Mm -hmm. decades. Mm -hmm. And then he got really, really sick and wasn't able to practice medicine anymore. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason he was so sick is because 
he had the majority of the same issues that you would have when you have Lyme's disease, but he didn't hit all of the checklist items. Uh So he wasn't diagnosed. And what he was saying is, is that a lot of Western medicine doctors, they look to diagnose you in order to solve your issue instead of just solving the issues. Mm. So for him, this, some of the same treatments that are used for Lyme's disease is what cured him. But in a conventional medicine world, he didn't have Lyme's. But if you, if you line up all the symptoms, he had the majority of them, but because he didn't have the definition of Lyme's disease, he wasn't treated properly. And so that's kind of, and so what his, his whole message to us was, start treating these, the issues, the, the symptoms, mm-hmm. instead of the label of the symptoms. Yeah. If that makes sense. And no, that, that was, makes total sense. Yeah, that was a huge light bulb mo- moment for me because he was kind of like, our medicine system is backwards. Mm-hmm. Like the whole yeah. way that, and it's not to the fault of the people who study medicine. They go for years. They're some of the smarter people in our society. It's more so the training that they receive and I think a lot of times ego gets in the way, which will probably piss off any doctor that's listening to this, but you're like, I did four years of med school and then I did clinicals and then I did, God knows what comes after that. How are you, someone with no experience going to tell me, right? So uh, there's a lot I think that goes into it, but Mm -hmm. it's at the end of the day, it can just be broken up by people that are looking to solve the root cause versus people who are trying to make the symptoms just go away. Yeah. I actually remember one time having a similar experience with that uh, diagnosis, like symptom checklist where you just reminded me of it because I went in for, um, like I was seeing like a functional medicine doctor and I said to her, my gastroenterologist thinks that maybe I could have Crohn's, right? from other symptoms, but he said there's no way to diagnose it without doing a colonoscopy and endoscopy situation, which I've had before. That's a whole thing mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not going to go into. Anyway, she said to me as a functional medicine doctor, she's like, it doesn't really matter if you have it or not, because even if you do have it, like as a diagnosis, we're still going to treat you the same way because of your symptoms. She said a very similar thing as to what you said. And I was kind of like, huh? interesting and i sat with that and i never ended up doing what the gastroenterologist had recommended in that getting like the colonoscopy endoscopy situation but it's interesting that their kind of mindsets flipped in that way and it should be that for both in terms of like let's actually treat the symptoms here and not just give you a label to what you're having and being sending you on your way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And in, in fairness, I mean, there's still so much doctors and researchers don't know about the gut, right? This is a fairly new concept, which is kind of crazy to think, right? Even though what what was his name? Was it Aristotle? Who was the person that said, or Hippocrates, didn't he say something about the gut? Like the gut is... He, he was on to something. So I know, I know a few of you listeners are going to be like, I know exactly what she's saying. I'm forgetting the quote right now. Like the gut is everything. But even though this was talked about, this is new stuff, you know, yeah. as of, you know, 10 plus years. 
And so some of it is like a little bit of grace for the people who are trying to deal with these concepts, but now it's starting to not be new in the sense of now that these concepts are being talked about more, I think it's really important to start if you're someone who's struggling, is asking more of those questions, right? Being your own health advocate. Mm -hmm. Jill and I always said, you know, always say, speak up for yourself, demand more. If someone is pushing a colonoscopy or endoscopy on you and you're like, I don't really think, sometimes they're good, right? They can find out cancerous things and stuff like that. But sometimes they're just not needed at all it's just the next step that some people that doctors think that you might need you might just need a stool test right or something else but be your own advocate fight for what you are feeling inside we had another doctor come on our podcast and tell us you're the own you're the expert in your body you might not be the expert in the concept of how to heal a gut but Mm -hmm. you're you are way smarter than you think when it comes to your own health and your own, you know, intuition. And I will add too that I think part of the reason we're seeing more about gut health now than ever before is because the quality of our food has never been worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's a whole conversation within itself, but it shocks me how many people don't know that the standard American crop has chemicals like glyphosate on it. And everyone, I think, mocks organic, but I think it's because people don't really understand what organic means. It's not this, like, crunchy conspiracy theory, right? Which is what it's portrayed as a lot. I love when people are like, oh, do you eat all organic? And it's like, yeah, I prefer not to have deadly chemicals put on the food that I eat. But, hey, like, feel free to mock me for that. I'll, like... I don't know. I just, I find it so interesting. So you have to take that into account because a lot of people will be like, well, why are they just starting to talk about this now? It's like, because we eat dye, color dyed cardboard with added sugar and carcinogens in it for breakfast. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we didn't used to have as many She's issues. She's talking about cereal. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, like I say, and the thing about Jenna and I is we're not perfect and we'll never no. be, and we don't want to be. Our grandpa uh, like loves nothing more than pop tarts, and we're like, Papa, you gotta stop buying them. But every once in a while, if you want to have one, you're 93. Like, go live. So <laughs> we're not the these strict people. I mean, Jen and I were in Vegas this weekend. Yeah. Did we drink? Yeah. Did we eat the buffet at Caesar's Palace? <laughs> yeah. But is that our norm? Absolutely not. And so that's where. Yeah. We try to live in that space. We hate the word balance because it's never balanced. Like, I guess balance is just your own version yeah, it's of relative. It's, yeah, it's just up to, yeah. you know, your interpretation. But we're not coming from this place of like everything's cancer and everything's bad for you. It's just like we always say, no better, do better. Just be aware. Yeah. Like, if you're aware and you're educated and you can make your own decisions for yourself, that's what we want for people. We just think that it's so, it's, both concerning and shocking just how undereducated our country is. You go to other countries and the food sources are far more superior than ours. And imagine that there's less issues. So, you know, it's it's not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's definitely like, I know what you mean by the word balance. Like it's contextual, like 
on your lifestyle, I think, you know, and it's contextual on like your body too, because like my husband can eat so much stuff that I cannot eat. Our diets could not be more opposite. He's like your grandpa, like would eat the pop tart, like I can't eat gluten. He all he eats is gluten, uh-huh. loves sugar, <laughs> like just everything. And he is like his stomach is so flat, and I'm always so bloated. And I'm like, right. it drives me crazy because I'm thinking, if I ate that, I would explode. Like, right. I, I literally can't. And also, you're so right about the food because I moved to the states. Um, however many years ago it was now and my gut issues really when like the first few months when I moved everything was very different like I I felt very inflamed like puffy is the best way I can describe it like Mm -hmm. I'd heard things like on social media and just some other friends who are here that were like yeah the food's really different everyone's like everything in America is big. Like the pizzas are big, the servings are big. And I was like, okay, well I'll just eat smaller portions, I guess, or whatever it is. Right. But I didn't consider as much as like the ingredients are different, like so different. Um, and the first few months that I lived here, yeah, I was super puffy. I put on weight, my period stopped. Uh, of course there's other components of like stress moving countries, but that's huge. Uh, and then I, did I say acne already? I got acne, my skin flared up. I was chronically getting UTIs, like all of these things started popping up, like out of nowhere where I was not experiencing those months prior. And it's actually insane. Like you say it so casually, but if you think (laughs) about it, something's really wrong. Like I have one of my best friends. She lived for, uh, in Australia for a while and she came back and had a very similar felt super puffy i'm like because we have to face the reality that our food quality is just not that good um your it's the ingredients that they use that they all they don't they use certain things in like ketchup here that they don't use in the you know uk or um our soil is depleted of of minerals because of the way we're farming these days again what jill said the chemicals that are sprayed so all these crops grow perfectly i mean how many like you know how many when you go to the store and you see apples and they're shaped just that perfectly round and then you look over and you see the ones that are organic and they're like demented right right? you're like something's up what is making these the apple's so perfect. Nothing makes me more mad. Like I, some days I, you have to be careful because you start getting censored. So generally right. I always try to toe the line, but it's so frustrating. I think I read a book a few years ago called The Fifth Vital by Mike Malak. He's actually Logan Paul's co-host in Impulsive. It's a YouTube okay. show. They just interview celebrities. It's like very entertaining. There's very little education to it, but he was a drug addict. He got addicted to opioids when he was 16 because, you know, that's also something in our country that's just out of control. And he ended up being a crack cocaine heroin addict like anything you could inject into your body he was and he should have died multiple times it took him 10 years to fully get sober 
And now he's a multimillionaire celebrity in LA. And it's like just this come up. But he went after Big Pharma massively in his book and was like, F you. Like that was the whole point in really writing it is kind of exposing um, Big Pharma and just kind of the the tricks that they've created and, and put into the public's purview, I guess. And mm-hmm. that really opened my eyes up to Big Pharma and Big Food and just the way that they take advantage of Americans today, I just think is criminal. Like it really is. And it's something I'm so passionate about because you see it all the time. You see these kids, they're not chunky. Like they have big cheeks like Jada and I had when we were little. They're incredibly overweight and the odds that they're going to become these healthy fit people when they start that way, it's just like giving them this massive uphill climb. And I just you talk about like cereals and pop tarts and things like that that kids love and it's affecting their mood it's affecting their behavior kids that are consuming tons of sugar tend to act out more in school uh-huh. and at home and so that long-winded rant right there is just to say that part of the reason Jen and I do what we do is because we really do believe that there's just not a lot of education out there that's the truth you know mm-hmm. like there's all of these like impossible burgers and things that are like healthy, but like this healthy meat alternative has a ton of BS in it. And you're like, that's yeah. not healthy. It just doesn't contain animal protein. Like don't call it something it's not, right. but you do that enough times in co- big companies that have lots of money take you down. So we are, we are very careful yeah. about that. I'm glad you brought up the like things like red 40, yellow, whatever number that is, um, mm-hmm. all of those little additives in things like candies that kids love to consume. The reason that I, when I was a kid, when my parents took me to get a food sensitivity test or allergy test was because when I ate gluten, I was a little brat. Like I, my behavior was off the charts. Like I was inattentive. I was obnoxious. I was just like running around and, um, not to mention I had like eczema and things like that. But my mom really wrestled with that because she was like, okay, this, if I give her like a sandwich, a regular sandwich that just kids would have, she just flies off the handle. Like, it was that simple as to like taking that one ingredient out of my diet. And I'm so glad that she figured that out because my teachers were like pulling my mom aside and being like, she's really not herself. Like what's going on? And, um, you know, my dad has food allergies as well, but that's a different topic of conversation. But it's something that a lot of, I feel like the average American or the average, like even just in a Western society that moms wouldn't consider oh it's the sandwich that i'm giving my kid that's making them like literally be super irritable and obnoxious and and not themselves like the behavior versus the food and i'm not even getting into those other ingredients which obviously you guys can probably talk to more about things like red 40 and actually any jump in with any ingredients that we should be avoiding and I think sometimes with, that's a great question and a great point. And I think oftentimes when it comes to, it can get very gray when it comes to ingredients. Obviously like red 40 or yellow three, they're, 
that's not food. That's not, yeah. you know, that's not fueling us in any which way. The concept that I like to, th- to think about more is like packaged goods, right? Doritos, Cheetos, Oreos, any of those things, they don't come from the ground. And I, I don't want to seem like this because, again, Jill and I are not the all or nothing people. Like, if you offered me an Oreo right now, I I mean, I'm not sure if I'd eat it, but like, I wouldn't be like, never touch that again, right? Like, there's a time and place for everything, but it's way easier to think about like, what are you putting in your body? We like to say 80 to 90% of that food, of what you're putting in your body, should be food from the ground, from quality animal, you know, animals, um, from, I don't know, anything fruits that's- Fruits and vegetables. Right, fruits and vegetables, meat, <laughs> potatoes, things like that. The outside of a grocery the store. The outside lanes of a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Once you start getting into the, and even like, sure, pasta, gluten-free pasta, if you're gluten-free, it's okay like in certain amounts, but once you're getting into the packaged good aisle, that isn't like these newer health brands that are coming out. Like we love a brand called Siete that has like, chips that are only five ingredients, right? They're adding in olive oil. They're not adding in canola oil. Um, That's where we're like, start to question those things. You're asking about ingredients in specific, things like canola oil, seed oils. Those are all these really highly processed, high heat oils that are best avoided, right? So how many products, if you have, if you're listening to this and you have a product at home, Go check your packaged goods. Are you seeing uh, canola oil, vegetable oil, um, sunflower oil in these products? It's not a quality product if these people are using these types of oils. Another thing we try to do our best to avoid is sucralose Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and carrageenan. Mm -hmm. That's a huge gut irritator. One person who I've learned a lot is Vani Hari. She's the food babe on Instagram, she's actually worked with a ton of brands to get them to change their ingredients. And she calls out Chick-fil-A, she calls out big packaged good companies. And what she'll do is she does a side-by-side, the European brand versus the American brand. And then she points out the ingredients. So if you're looking to educate yourself, that's a really great point. But Jenna and I eat a lot of the food we cook. We don't go out to eat that much. And if we do, I'm probably splurging and getting whatever I want. But I find that if I eat out consistently, it's like what Jenna said with filling the bucket, then my bucket overflows where if I'm eating mostly good food, then I can handle a little bit more. But I think another thing too, is just don't get played by marketing. Just because it's organic doesn't mean that it's healthy for you, right? Like they'll be like organic this, it still check the ingredients just because it's gluten-free or sugar-free or fat-free it all it means is it's free of that it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of other bad things and yeah that's what that's what i say is like don't get fooled by marketing like read the back of the label no matter what the front of the label says our grandpa used to or our grandpa had a heart surgery when we were babies um so for since he had heart surgery up until it's been 26 years um he has been eating eating sugar free 
I mean, the man is 93 now, so you can't tell me he's on to something, right? Like in terms of the sugar, but you look at the back of his products and it is not food we're looking at. It is like random ingredient out of random ingredients that shouldn't really be consumed often. That he was that he's been putting in his body for twenty six years. We, and, we actually wonder why he's still. Yeah, alive. we're we're questioning it, but I'm like, it, he's again, he's falling for the sugar free, sugar free yeah. syrup, sugar free ice cream, sugar free, whatever, and he fell into that. He's been falling into those marketing phrases for. 26 years but you just you don't see it that often our other grandparents our grandma was holistic in the 70s and was doing gluten-free before there were alternatives and my dad and aunt and uncle have some funny stories just about that but they're a much better example of their 90 and 93 and do they have good genetics yes but have they filled their bodies primarily with meat and fruits and veggies and real foods for the 90 plus years yeah, like they eat a lot of oil, they're Ital- olive oil, they're Italian, like those types of things do make a difference. But mm-hmm. you can also notice like, I know our grandparents don't listen, thank goodness, like our dad's parents are fairly um, t- with it. And our sugar-free grandpa is loony. And right. there's a lot of brain fog, if not other things there. So you can say, sure, he's still alive, but is his body functioning the way it's supposed to? No, and we adore that man to death, but he's he's gone off the Yeah, he's just, I'm explaining that as he's just someone who fell into the marketing terms. Yes, and that's yeah. what Jill's trying to explain I mean, is it, it, it is a gray area. Foods, packaged goods, it's confusing. Sometimes mm-hmm. you see people say, like, don't eat gums. Other times you're like, well, this gum is actually just, you know, it's, it has no harm. It's just a thickening agent. Listen to what your how your body's responding to foods. If you're struggling with a lot of, you know, gut issues and acne, and you're putting a bunch of packaged garbage in your body, that's when you need to start thinking to yourself, what would happen? How would I change if I made that decision to get some, you know, to to buy more vegetables, potatoes, start starchy vegetables, um, meats eggs, things like that at the store instead of going first to that packaged goods aisle. I did a TikTok probably close to two years ago on Premier Protein, the like instant shakes, and they just have so much BS in them. And people got so mad because they think that they're healthy. But then the amount of people that commented, now that you say that, Mm -hmm. I actually run to the bathroom after. Now that you say that, they give me a stomach ache. I'm like, hello, your body's talking to you. Like, and you notice yeah. that when you don't consume them, they don't hurt. Stop it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or or someone that's like, oh, I'm drinking like Gatorade or something to, to get the electrolytes. And I'm just like, girl, right. Gatorade's <laughs> not doing new. anything. It tastes good, but it's just, I think if it tastes way too good to be true, it is too good to be true. You know what <laughs> I mean? a good point. Yeah. And if it's a bright yellow or a bright green or a bright pink, I'm like, that's not natural colors either. Um, and I... I definitely sucker for for Gatorade, but I'm I'm not. It's like not my first choice by any means. Right. Um. It's so interesting the comparison between your dad's side and your mom's side and their parents and your grandparents and um. I think as well like 
we can be so caught up with everything we're putting into our bodies, but um, what you touched on very briefly at the beginning about like stress mm-hmm. and um, how that affects not just your gut, but like your entire body as well. And um, I think it was Joe Dispenza that said this in a video that I saw the other day, which was like, you can be like the healthiest person living the healthiest lifestyle with your food, but if you are stressed, it's just not going to make a difference. And I was curious to know what you guys thought about um, stress on the gut, but also the difference between unresolved trauma and stress. Yeah, I love that question. So we tell our stories, but we don't necessarily go that deep. Like when we explained at the beginning as to why, right? There was deeper issues Joe and I were dealing with. And one of those things were stress. And after being a practitioner myself and taking on clients, dealing with my own issues, recognizing how my body feels in times of stress, I would go to say it's the number one issue that is causing these symptoms, right? So when Jill was dealing with it, Jill was in immense amount of pressure playing college sports and a full-time, full-time student athlete um, at a very difficult university. I had my own stressors that I was dealing with, but there's many ways that you can approach this. Yes, unresolved trauma can be stored in the body. Um, plugging another podcast episode, we had uh, Dr. Amy Apigian, um on our podcast who talked about this trauma, right? Obviously, you're ta- you brought it up so you understand the concept, but a lot of times we all are dealing with a lot in life, right? We have crazy work schedules, crazy, you know, a crazy life. We have a lot of demands to meet. We're always on the go. We have these nine to five jobs. We're not getting enough sleep. That's a stress on the body, but mm-hmm. scaling back, when it comes to our digestive system, we have this nervous system and there's two parts of it called the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. So your digestive system is supposed to flow within the parasympathetic nervous system state. That's meaning rest and digest, okay? So we're supposed to sit down when we eat. We're supposed to relax, take a few deep breaths. We're not supposed to be focusing on what our boss is screaming at us to do, right? A lot of us aren't doing that, right? We have a lot of stressors going on in our minds. And what this stress does to us, it puts us puts us in this fight or flight state, which is this sympathetic part of the nervous system. Our digestion does not work in the sympathetic mode because we are so focused on we, our digestive system, he, she is focused on that stressor, right? It's not focused on digesting your food at this point. So when that happens, we're not breaking down our food as we should be. We're leaving our stomach acid, which is the thing that helps stomach acid is in your stomach. It helps break down food. It helps break down proteins. It helps break down all those bacteria and stuff that are that first line of defense. Um, your stomach acid depletes, right? So if your food is not being broken down, that's when you run, run into other issues that's causing down downstream in the digestive system. So Mm -hmm. 
a lot of times when you you'll find when you fix those stressors in your life or you when you resolve that trauma because we're all what we've learned is we're all dealing with trauma right because yeah trauma um dr amy explained basically and i'm, I'm quoting her because i now know about this thanks to her in a couple books it's when things are happening at you for a very long time but like slowly she quotes this really well but i'm not going to do her justice or <laughs> when things happen too much too fast too yeah. much as she says too little no, too much. Do you remember? It's little things too much, or there's things happening like too it's much cumulative. too fast. It's exactly. And yeah. so we're all dealing with these traumas, and it's really putting a damper on our digestive system, which also then causes our gut lining to, you know, mm-hmm. create those little gaps known as leaky gut. And all of these are what are causing this gut issues. Yes. You can eat the perfect diet, exactly what Joe Dispenza said. But if you are not focusing on your stress management, you're not going to actually get to the place that you really want to be with how you feel. Yeah. I think you have to do both at the same time almost, just from like my own experience as well. And actually, I was thinking of another, I think it might have been a podcast. It might have been her own, but Gabby Bernstein was saying that she wrestled with SIBO for many years and she discounted doing like trauma therapy on her gut because she wasn't like thinking, oh, that's what it is. And I think, again, I'm like, my memory is shady on this what she said so i'm going to paraphrase it basically when she started to do a certain modality of trauma therapy and i can't remember what the modality was her SIBO symptoms went away i'm sure and she had worked with so many different doctors but at the same time i'm like i don't want people to get the wrong idea that that's there's only one or the other like it has Mm -hmm. to be that holistic approach of like sure maybe her symptoms went away but that doesn't mean like go and eat all the junk food in the world now, you know, like it's still all encompassing. Yeah. And what Jill and I love to say is it's, it is all encompassing and it's also small steps if it seems overwhelming. Right. So we're very big proponents of the fact that small micro changes can make these big macro differences. Mm hmm. And you're right. You can't just eat really healthy, but also get three hours of sleep. There's this whole approach to stress management, making sure you're, you're fueling your body properly when it comes to food, sleeping, um, making sure you're outside in nature, getting sunshine. Um, you know, there's, there's a few other things that you really need to focus on. But that doesn't happen overnight, right? It's really focusing on taking those small steps. Okay, can I wake up tomorrow and maybe meditate or whatever you want to do that brings you? I like to say just pick what brings you the least amount of stress. Is it for for me, it's like going on a walk in nature. For Jill, it's shopping or like, you know, like retail therapy of going and walking around the mall and like staring at different clothes. I'm not saying she goes and buys them, but we all have different ways that bring down our stress levels. And so it's important to take these really small steps that are going to then eventually create these very big differences. And I, 
I think the first step is believing that stress and trauma can affect your gut. Yes. Yeah. Like start there. Cause I think a lot of people don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I think that you don't want to believe that you can't just change your eating habit or you can't just take a pill that it actually, your body doesn't, your body doesn't care if you lie. You can tell yourself all day long that something's not accurate. Your body's not going to change until you actually make those changes. Mm-hmm. There's a book that I just started called The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, love it. Have you read it? Yeah, it's yeah. super dense. Um, so just a warning for anyone that wants to read it. But even that phrase, right? Like you can't switch up the score on your body. It knows. So mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I've had to learn the hard way uh, being a collegiate athlete. You're, it's ingrained in you to go, go, go and be tough and ignore maybe your exhaustion or your emotion and just like have these like laser focuses ahead. And I didn't get sufficient sleep for years and I didn't do what my body needed. And that's probably a huge reason that I did have a leaky gut to the extent that I had it and that I did have issue processing foods. Why was my body acting that way? Because I was in a constant, constant state of stress. Yeah. Like, and and so once I was able to remove some of that is when I saw differences. But for someone like me who believes that hard work and intensity is really the only way to get through, it's a really hard shift to make, to be like, okay, maybe this is not actually healthy for me because it's all I ever knew. So I'm just throwing that out there because I feel like a lot of people, it's like, oh, come on. Like, yeah, so what? Everyone's stressed, but like my gut issues are worse than others. It's like, well, you know, maybe it's been that trickle effect, like Jenna said, like just a constant state of stress for a very long time and your bucket has overflown. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting too, because I had a guest on, uh, it came, the, the podcast episode came out recently and we talked about disordered eating and eating disorders and all of the psychology behind that and I really wrestled with the conversation was kind of triggering for me as well because I'm like I I'm an advocate for both sides in the sense that like if you don't have gut issues and you're not experiencing symptoms and I don't want to ever encourage people to like because there's so much information out there, like it can get overwhelming of like, I should eat that and I don't want to eat that and I shouldn't eat this. And if I eat this, then that means that, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. And, but on the flip side of that, uh, if you have gut issues or if you've got some kind of whatever health issue, obviously we know so much goes back to the gut. It can be difficult to... I don't know how to word this, but to make sure that you're, yes, doing the right things, eating the right foods, but not letting it get to the point where it's becoming like, uh, like a disordered eating type situation. Am I making sense with that? Yeah, I actually, it's funny because I, I, I dealt with that because I was the type of person that once I realized how good it made me fe- feel. I went so deep into it to where I almost dug myself this hole of if I eat this, it's probably going to cause this stomach ache, which then is going to cause this, this, and this. And what I had to end up teaching myself was our bodies are a lot more powerful than we think. 
yes, we need to fuel them properly, but that cookie that your grandpa made for you that has vegetable oil and things that are not considered gut healthy or yeah, gut healthy, that's not going to make or break you, right? Mm -hmm. It is the compounding again, the overfilled bucket that we're talking about. So you have to realize, and this is why I say 80 to 90%, right? If you fuel your body 80, 90% of real whole foods, I'm sorry, but, and I'm going to be the one to say it again, that Oreo is not going to make a difference in your health. It is not going to make or break it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important to recognize that unless, sorry, disclaimer, unless you're gluten-free or celiac, like you really cannot (laughs) consume it. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's not the best example, but you have to, um, I think that's where we get stuck is where we think health is a all or nothing concept and it's not at all. It's think about like what else an Oreo brings. And I know I don't want to get into this like diet culture thing, but like, yes, these foods are also bringing enjoyment, connection, like an experience. If you're Jill was in, we were in um, Argentina recently, Jill had to try the Kit Kat McFlurry at McDonald's in Argentina. It was so much better than America's. <laughs> and it was I, so much better. Is that gut healthy? No. But like, is Jill perfectly fine because of it? Yes. And I will say, I only eat a quarter of it because we're about to be on a 10-hour plane right. ride. I was like, if this goes south. Right. It could have. So I, but yeah, for me, it was like, I'm going to do this for my enjoyment, knowing yeah. that this isn't the healthiest thing that's going to be put in my body, but my body is also capable of handling it. Yeah. And I know myself, but John was like, you might not want to eat the whole thing. I was like, well, don't like go crazy. Cause you haven't had one of these. Like you never know if there's like a preservative or something that just like makes you go off the deep end. But the whole point of that is like at a point you have to live too. We are very focused on our health and we are, um, you know, we care about it. We treat it. We try the best to get our sleep. We're working on our stress, things like that. But we are not perfectionists when it comes to this because health isn't perfection. Sometimes we have yeah. to do less instead of doing more. And that's the, the what you always have to keep in mind. And to be honest, for me, I had to train myself with this. Um, it, it's that constant reminder um, of what other, you know, it's the reminder. Yeah, of course. And when you're traveling, I mean, even someone who's gluten-free, when I went to Italy, I was like, I'm going to eat the pasta. I have oh, to. I'm, like, it's, absolutely. It's a crime not to. I have right. to eat it. Like, I, I went all this way here. It's like my priorities. So, um, yeah, exactly. All about balance. So, yep. all of that being said, if someone's listening who maybe they're just starting their gut healing journey and they don't really know how to begin or what steps to take. Can you give them some advice and tips and tricks? Yeah, of course. So I think the one thing that Jill just recently said was like, start to take the approach of like recognizing certain things, right? accepting that stress can be a big part of it. It, it, Mm -hmm. A lot of it, what Jill and I keep saying is awareness of the know better, do better. So educating yourself and kind of understanding and listening to your body is really key because those are two things 
we did after we jumped all into it, right? But now that we're on the other end, we're wanting to teach people to be that own advocate, that own expert in your body. And that's a, that, that's a start. Mm-hmm. The next thing is really deciding of like what it is that you want to approach. And I think the biggest thing is what is it that you need help in the department of? Like listen to podcasts like these. Do you realize, is your stress overloading you to the point where you feel so ill because you have three different things that are really bothering you? Meaning like, are you in a toxic work environment? I'm not saying just go and quit your job, but I think a lot of it is awareness around what is causing these issues and which ones should you approach? Because I think we have two types of there's two avenues you can go down. You can go down the like, let me help myself. I'm going to, you know, start to dive deep into my issues or it's, can I find the right health practitioner for me? Who's going to lead me in that direction. I think also too, every time you're buying something in the grocery store, when you need something new, see if you're buying the better version. So with milk, is it organic? Has it been processed? with added sugar and God knows what, when you're buying, same for all dairy, when you're buying meat, is it organic? Is it wild caught? What's start learning the difference about eggs, pasture raised versus cage free. It makes a difference. And so if you start questioning everything, not in a unhealthy way, but in a, is this the better version for me? Are you, when you're eating popcorn, eating the Orville brand that's filled with BS or are you picking lesser evil that is that has proper oils so start replacing things as they leave your house like you don't have to take every single thing out of your pantry right start doing it little by little and then the other thing too is remember that you cannot supplement your way out of an unhealthy lifestyle so actually recently if you're following TikTok I don't know if it's just me but I'm getting ads every five TikToks of take the screens powder and my bloating's eliminated and my acne completely cleared. BS. You can't just take a greens powder. Mm-hmm. You can't just take vitamin D. Like there's no one supplement that's mm-hmm. going to skyrocket your health unless like you're the rare case that's like super, super deficient. That was your only issue. So really take it as a full holistic approach and start filing things in different avenues of your life. Could I be getting better sleep? Great. Maybe you need an eye mask so that way it's a darker, you know, room for you to sleep in and help your REM. Are you hydrated? Like, are you drinking water? Are you adding electrolytes? Like, what are those little steps? And we have so many on our TikTok and Instagram of like just little tiny things you can do. But I think just like start assessing your entire life and finding where you can be better. It doesn't have to be best. It's just the better option. Right. And approach it with a curiosity, right? Like if you're listening to this right now, you're obviously hearing and there might be light bulbs going off of, oh my gosh, I didn't realize my stress could be what's causing this. Or, oh my goodness, is it this product I've been using as a supplement all these past six months that could actually be causing me more harm than good? Mm -hmm. There are a time and place for supplements. We are fans of them, but like what is it? Like, what is the quality of it? I think quality is key when it comes to all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's 
so funny that you were talking about supplements because recently I was my functional medicine doctor gave me a multivitamin right mm -hmm. she was like let's just get your vitamins in and I was like okay sweet and I was taking it for a while and then my skin was doing fine and then all of a sudden it just blew up and I was like what the fuck like right. <laughs> literally like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and I was like okay I'm I'm being so uh like OCD about what food I'm eating in that way of like, I know dairy and gluten are triggers for my acne. I'm like, okay, I know I have PCOS. Could that be it? Maybe. And I was going through all of the like things of elimination. And then I went and got a facial and the facialist was like, is there biotin in your supplement? And I was like, yeah, actually there is. And I stopped taking it and biotin is marketed for hair, skin, and nails. It's supposed to be good for right. your skin. Yeah. But it's a huge thing that creates acne. It stopped taking the supplement. Acne started going away. And I was like, damn. It was actually B6, B12, and biotin, which I believe is B7, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah. But yeah, do your research before you start buying these supplements that are... Uh, marketed to you on instagram and tiktok exactly yeah, and we take them i just mean like if you don't change your lifestyle and you don't change your eating habits and all you do is add supplements oh yeah no don't I expect major results right you know yeah i was actually gonna say before we wrap up is there any supplements that you're like an absolute fan of that kind of help anyone for anything like i know you guys love element uh, electrolytes and I know that because I bought some and I'm obsessed with them. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> no, we love that. Yeah. Element's so great because I just don't like to drink water and having flavored water that also helps me hydrate is just mm. easy. Like I've never been so consistent. I personally drink athletic greens every day mm -hmm. and the funny thing to me about it, I notice a difference. My immunity has been better than it's ever been. I'm someone who gets sick all the time. I don't remember the last time that I've been sick. I also drink at midday instead of a second cup of coffee. And I add two ounces of pineapple juice. So for me, instead of buying a $13 juice somewhere, because I do that a lot, I just drink my athletic greens. And then people will be like, but it doesn't taste good. And with pineapple juice, it does, one. But I two, think it does. Yeah, also, I do too. Like, do you want your greens powder to taste like cotton candy? Like, it kind of yeah. defeats the purpose. Um, so that's my, in my mind, I'm checking so many boxes when I drink it. And I enjoy the taste. So for me, it works. Um, but I don't think Jenna does it every day. No, I think people could benefit. A lot of people can benefit from just a good digestive enzyme, especially if you're struggling to digest your food right now. It basically just acts as an aid to help your body digest that food. Um, there's a good one by Enzyme Medica. You can get it on Amazon. It's called Digest Gold or Digest Basic because a lot of times we just need a little bit of extra help. Um, and I, like, I did Instacart yeah. in Vegas this weekend. So that way I could better process my food because I don't eat out that much. And I knew that I was going to get sick. So I, um, I just Instacarted that. So it's like fairly um, accessible as well. Yeah. And most of the population are deficient in magnesium, which is a mineral yeah. that is so, so important. So 
kind of doing a little, you know, finding on what magnesium is right for you. We're a good fan of magnesium malate or glycinate. Um, good for many, many different things. It's hard to kind of, you know, obviously I'm a fan of probiotics for the right person. Um, there's a lot of other supplements too that are good for like gut healing and gut nourishing. Even just getting a little bit more into herbal teas like ginger, peppermint, um, slippery elm, things like that. You love slippery elm. I love slippery elm. It's, it's incredible. I know, right? Um, you can find that in teas. I'm big fan of teas because they're, they're very, you know, like ginger is an incredible herb for digestion or it's a root. Um, but that is the basic, like holistic Chinese, like very Eastern medicine mm -hmm. is so much herbs, right? Yeah. Bitter herbs. Those are really good for simulating the digestive system. I'm a huge fan I could go on forever, but I'll end this. I'm a big fan of apple cider vinegar. Every single person I put onto apple cider vinegar, they all have good things to say about it. And not the gummies. Truly right. the apple cider, apple cider vinegar. Yes. With, with the mother yeah. in that like glass jar, um, diluted in water before a meal. It's good for the stimulation of acid production to break down your food and um, helps control blood glucose levels. Um, uh, the glucose goddess has done a lot of studies on that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's we'll, we'll give you that. Yes, she is. So guys, um, where can people find you? You can find us on social media. We're at gut talk girls. And then on our podcast is gut talk with Jill and Jenna and yeah. YouTube. YouTube's got, Oh, now that you ask. It's coming soon, actually. We're going to put a lot of our podcast clips and stuff on YouTube. So if you want it's, it's to, it should be Gut Talk Girls or search Jill and Jenna. And we haven't mm -hmm. done anything, but um, expect to see some videos from there soon. Okay, awesome. I wasn't sure if you had YouTube, but I was like, yeah, surely. Yeah, it's my dream to be a YouTuber one day, but like, <laughs> we'll just start with podcast videos. So I know it's there's so much content on so many platforms. It's like it's so much. It's exhausting, right? Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. This was like absolute dreams for having yeah, us. Thank you for having us. We had a lot of fun.